Good evening. I'd like to thank the congregation here at 21st Street, the elders, and the congregation for asking me to speak, and I'm delighted to stand before you today, this evening. About 43 years ago, more than 43 years ago, the elders at the 21st Street congregation, Cliff Arney and Winston Cutter, ordained me as an evangelist. And uh, anyway, special, special place, special people special times. It's good to see everyone here. We're familiar with the teaching in Scripture and the illustrations in Scripture where sowing seed and cultivating, watering, tending, reaping, harvesting, threshing, all of those kinds of things are familiar references in Scripture. These all form what I would call a Swiss army knife of illustrations that communicate the principles policies, precepts, purposes, and promises of heaven to our feeble and forgetful minds. Some passages that we're familiar with, the sower went forth to sow, or the kingdom of heaven is likened to a man that sowed good seed in the field, but his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat, or this one, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which becomes a sheltering tree. Or every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be rooted up. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. I have planted, Apollos watered, God gave the increase. We find those throughout Scripture. And then, in the passage of our text here, of our theme, here the gathering of the harvest of souls of men into the kingdom of Christ. Lift up your eyes, for the fields are already ripe, for harvest. Here Jesus uses this to talk about sowing and reaping to talk about his principles and his policies. A couple of years ago, two years ago actually, the summer of 2020, reports of folks receiving unsolicited packages of seeds in the mail stirred some significant concern across our country. In addition, the many, uh, to, to the many other things in the country's mind then, there were a few other things in our country's mind at that time, these packages of seeds appeared to have come from China. Eventually, eventually, all 50 states reported receiving uh, these mysterious packages of seeds from China. Local agricultural departments and the U.S. and even the U.S. Department of Agriculture were concerned about what the seeds might be, what they were and what, um, why they were sent, and what they might do if they were planted. Were they dangerous? Did they contain some new virus? Was it some invasive plant that could be devastating to the nation's agriculture? The possibilities increased the anxiety. What would happen if you planted them? Well, my cousin Leslie Barnes, I don't know if she's here or not, probably not, she may be at another New Year's meeting at another place that we won't name, but anyway. Anyway, she wrote some thoughts down about receiving unasked for seeds. And so I'd like to freely borrow some of her thoughts to frame my remarks this evening. Well, her daughter Emily said, just because someone mailed you seeds doesn't mean you have to plant them. And that's true. And so it is 
You don't have to plant what somebody sends you or what somebody gives you or what somebody rubs off on you in that sense. That's how it is in life. If we were to consider that the words that people speak as seeds that they send to us, you know, we may not have control over what they send to you, but we do have control over what we do with them. We don't have to plant them in our hearts or let them uh, take root. Uh, we don't have to have these word seeds in our lives. Some word seeds might blossom into beautiful flowers. And that blesses everyone who sees them with their smell and with their, with their, with their beauty and with their fragrance. While others will grow, may grow into thorns that choke your spirit like noxious weeds. There are some, some word seeds that people can send you that are not good. People can send you seeds of guilt. When people uh, cast hurtful accusations against you that you know to be false, you know what? These are what we would term seeds of guilt. The psalmist said this in Psalm 41, starting in verse 5. My enemies say of me in malice, when will he die and his name perish? When will one of them, when one of them comes to see me, he speaks falsely. And while his heart gathers slander, then he goes out and spreads it around. All my enemies whisper together against me. They imagine the worst for me, saying, A vile disease has afflicted him, and he will never get up from the place where he lies. Even my closest friends, someone I trusted, one who shared my bread, has turned against me. Well, when someone gives you hurtful accusations that are false, you don't have to plant those seeds in your heart and feel guilt when you're innocent. Simply reject those seeds, cast them aside. People can also send you seeds of shame. Sometimes others' words cause us to feel shame when we've done nothing shameful. Psalm 31 verse 17 says, Lord, let me not be put to shame, Lord, for I have cried out to you, but let the wicked be put to shame and be silent in the realm of the dead. But even when words that are sent to you when they point out our mistakes, you don't have to allow them to take root. But what you need to do is to keep them from choking your spirit. You need to correct your, correct your mistakes and move on. People can also send you word seeds of doubt. Sometimes people will send you seeds that cause you to doubt yourself. Psalm 73, the first 18 verses, I'm going to read some excerpts from that, not the whole thing there, but Psalm 73. The psalmist says, certainly God is good to Israel and to those whose motives are pure. But as for me, my feet almost slipped. My feet almost slid out from under me. For I envied those who were proud and I observed the prosperity of the wicked. For they suffer no pain. Their bodies are strong and well fed. They're immune to the trouble common to men. They do not suffer as other men do. They say, how does God know what we do? Is the Most High aware of what goes on? Take, uh, take a good look. This is what the wicked are like. Those who always have it so easy and get richer and richer. And I concluded, I concluded, surely in vain I have kept my motives pure and maintained a pure lifestyle. I suffer all day long and am punished every morning. And when I tried to make sense of this, it was troubling to me. And then the psalmist changes. In the 17th verse, he says, Until I went into the sanctuary of God. The sanctuary of God. Now, the sanctuary of God in those days would have been the temple. 
It will be the place of God, the dwelling place of God. It will be the place that you go to hear God's Word read, God's Word taught, and God focused upon His, His principles and His policies and His promises, His law focused upon. And so, taking what the psalmist said, and so if you go into that, if you go and you focus upon life from God's principles and God's ways, he says, this is what happens. He says, I, he, he said, where am I? He said, until I went to the sanctuary of God, then I understood their end. Surely you will put them in slippery places. Speaking of God, you will put them, God will put them in slippery places. You will bring them down to ruin. How desolate they, uh, they become in a mere moment. Terrifying judgments make their demise complete. And so it is when people send you sins of, uh, seeds of doubt, don't plant them. Instead, realize that the sender may have an abundance of seeds of doubt because the plant of doubt is choking out their own confidence. And you stay bold in your resolve and in your Christianity. People can also send you seeds of discouragement. Seeds of discouragement. That words have the power to encourage and to discourage. And Ephesians 4 verse 29 says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but only such as is good for building you up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace unto those who hear. And to, it says, as, as fits the occasion, or according to their needs, the NIV says. We can encourage people and give them seeds our people can give us seeds of discouragement. When someone sends you seeds of discouragement, realize that you are under no obligation to let their seeds take root in your, in your life. But what kind of seeds were sent from China anyway? Because that's how we started this here. Well, more than a dozen seeds have been identified that were sent to people throughout the United States there. There were mustard seeds, cabbage, morning glory, mint, sage, rosemary, lavender, nothing very excited or very, very dangerous that I've ever been able to see there. But that's what was sent to people there. And so, you know what? We can send good seeds to people. We can receive good seeds from people as well there. We can receive seeds of friendship. When someone sends you genuine seeds of friendship, plant them. They will add the most fragrant aroma to your garden. Oh, how beautiful my garden has been because I have planted the seeds of friendship that have been sent to me. Proverbs 17, verse 17. A friend loves at all times and a brother is born for a time of adversity. People can send you seeds of encouragement. The seeds of encouragement are the sturdy variety that grow, to strong, uh, grow into strong roots and stems and when they're planted in your heart, they will help you to withstand the storms, uh, the storms that otherwise might beat your spirit to the ground. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 11 admonishes us, Therefore encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. And then there's seeds of kindness. It's amazing how the seeds of kindness can make a difference. The seeds are often so tiny, so tiny that the sender doesn't even recall sending them to you. But they plant themselves in the heart of the receiver. Even the tiniest seeds of kindness can take root and blossom into some of the most beautiful flowers in your garden. Galatians 6 verse 2, bear one another's burden and so fulfill the law of Christ. Help each other out. 6 verse 10, Galatians 6 verse 10, do good unto all men, especially to those of the household of faith. 
But why were the seeds sent from China? Getting back to that there. Why were they sent from China? Well, took a little head scratching to determine that. But there is apparently a practice called brushing, which I really don't know much about. But sometimes, what this refers to, sometimes it is used, this is a technique that's used by internet sales companies to boost their, their seller ratings uh, by creating fake orders. Now, these unsolicited packages are sent to real people and the businesses that send it then writes glowing reviews of their business in those people's names. So if you receive seeds from China, no doubt there is somewhere a glowing report, a glowing review of some company in your name that you did not write because of that. Now, how do these people do it is they can't just make up, apparently, they have to send, send a product to them. They don't want to send something valuable, so they send seeds. That's what they have done there. And so, that's just kind of how the thing works. It's not really, was not really that terrible, not really that innocuous, probably deceitful, very much deceitful in that sense. But in closing though, you don't have to plant all the seeds that people send you. You have the power to sort them, keep the good, and discard the bad. But also, you need to be aware and be careful about the seeds that you send to others. Send seeds of friendship, send seeds of encouragement, send seeds of kindness, send seeds of confidence. God bless you and thank you.